Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Why don't you say it? Say, I'm in the right place at the right time. That's an awesome thing, to be in the right place at the right time. I remember the first time I became aware of being in the right place at the right time. You know, it was just the first time I just was really aware of it. Now I'm aware of it all the time. But I had obeyed God. I was, was, hadn't been saved that long, and I obeyed God and left New York, went out to Oklahoma, went to Bible school. And, uh, and I remember, you know, I'd got my assignment of what class I was supposed to be in first, and they even assigned the seat to you, exactly what seat you're supposed to be in. And I remember, I, you know, I, I was, you know, found the classroom, and then, I, and then I walked down there and counted the rows in the seat, and I, and I sat down in the chair. And I remember when I sat down in that chair, this overwhelming feeling came upon me that I was in the perfect will of God for my life. And I had never, I had never felt that before. But I was in the perfect will of God for my life. Not just in a little bit of his will, but right smack dab in the middle of it. And it was an awesome feeling. It brought such peace and such joy and excitement just to know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be at this exact time in creation. And God wants us to live that way with that knowing all the time. Following him. If we follow the Holy Spirit, he will always lead us and guide us into the perfect will of God for our life. The Bible actually says over in Romans chapter 12. Romans the 12th chapter, verse 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants to transform your life today. And how does he do it? Through the renewing of your mind. How do we get our minds renewed? Through the word of God. God's word will renew your mind. And not just that. It'll transform your life. A renewed mind brings about a transformed life. And so he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable. And watch this. And perfect. Perfect will of God. What is that perfect will of God? See, as we get our minds renewed... To God's word, God's way of thinking, God's way of doing things. Our lives are transformed and we are led by him into his perfect will. And you could know that you're in the perfect will of God. Just like I had that experience where, you know, I sat down in that seat that I was assigned to. And I knew I'm in the perfect will of God for my life. We all should have that. We should all have that because we have the word of God renewing our mind so that we know. Notice what he said. Renewing of your mind that you may prove or that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can know it. 
You can know the perfect will of God. And so we don't have to be guessing at life. We don't have to wander through life. We don't have to just be wherever and whatever happens, happens. And we're just kind of like a leaf that's kind of disconnected from the tree. And we're just blowing around by the wind. It's wherever the wind directs us. We're just flowing through life that way and just getting tossed and driven all over the place. God doesn't want you living a tossed and driven life. I said he doesn't want you living a, a tossed and driven life. He wants you to know where you're going. He wants you to know where you've come from. He wants you to know his perfect will for your life. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't people know Jesus was led by the Spirit of God. He walked in the perfect will of God for his life. In fact, he never missed it. Jesus never sinned, not once. He's the only one that could say that. Never missed it. Never got out of God's perfect will for his life. Every step of his life, he was guided by the Spirit of God. You see that over in Luke's gospel, chapter 4, where Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist in the river Jordan. And then he came out of the Jordan. The Bible says in verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Notice he was led by the Spirit. Well, somebody says, well, he's the Son of God. That's why he was led by the Spirit. Well, turn to Romans. Romans chapter 8. The book of Romans is written to you as a Christian. And notice what it says here in verse 14. For as many, everybody say many. many. Not just one, right? It's not just talking about one anymore. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons, plural. These are the sons of God. Well, you see, God wants us as his sons, his born-again believers, to be led by his Spirit just like the Son of God, Jesus, was led by the Spirit. And if we're led by the Spirit, then we won't miss it. Can you live a life of not missing it? Yes, you can. Yes, we can. Somebody say, yes, we can. Live a life of never missing it. Wow. That's exciting. Praise God. That's what we're to be pressing towards. That's what we're reaching for. To be led by the Spirit of God in everything that we do in life. Everything we do in life. And to be led by Him is to be led into perfection. It's to never miss it. And we can do it. I said, we can do it. Now, notice it says, as many, are led by, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, the Bible talks about over in 1 Peter 2, I think it's verse 2, it says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So he's talking about desiring the pure milk of the word. And of course, what it's referring to there, and we know from other scripture, he's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the word of God. He's talking about doctrine. He's talking about Bible teaching. He, he said, we're to feed. See, because we're not, we're not just being taught something. We're not just having our heads learn things. 
our spirits are being fed something. God's word is food. Remember, remember Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, it's food. It's, God's word is spiritual food. So here in 1 Peter 2, 2, he's talking about milk. Well, that's the only kind of food a baby, a newborn baby can, can have is milk. But it's food. It's the baby's food. But he says, as newborn babes, you're newly born again. You're a new child of God. You're new to Jesus being the Lord of your life. He says, now desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. That you may grow. That you grow up spiritually. And then, so there we're referred to as babies when we're first born again. But then over in Ephesians, he talks about children. Children, that's, that's moving on from the infant stage, isn't it? We need to move on from the infant stage. And he talks about no longer being children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's in verse 14 of chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 14, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, just like that leaf, right? We were just talking about that leaf just being blown around by the wind. A lot of people, that's how they're going through life. Isn't that sad? Most people in the world, that's, that's, how, that's how they live life. Like a leaf being tossed and driven. Just being moved around by the circumstances of life. Whatever happens, happens is kind of the attitude of the world. That should not be our attitude. You're a whole lot better than a leaf. You're supposed to be living a much higher life than that. You live a life where you get up and do what you do on purpose. You make your decisions. You know what you're supposed to do. You know you're not walking around doubting, wondering, wavering, being blown around by the winds of life, up, down, by folks on emotional roller coasters. A lot of folks, they're in, they're out, you know, up and down. You can't really count on them. Don't know what's going to happen next. They don't know what's going to happen next. Even the best of them, even some of those faithful people are still ultimately moved by the circumstances of life, still controlled by other things other than the Spirit of God that is in them. God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He doesn't want you tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. How many know there's a lot of tricky men out there? A lot of tricky folks out there, boy. Whoo, my, my, my. A lot of them in the mainstream media. All kinds of stuff out there in entertainment land. All the, all the most, some of the most famous people in the world are some of those manipulative liars, deceivers, tricksters, tricksters. Very tricky. Very tricky. We're not to be tricked by the tricksters. Now, if you're a child, you will be. This is like a child, you know, tossing around and tricked. But you're not to be tricked. You're not to be tossed around. You should know what's going on. I said, you should, as a child of God, growing up in God, being led by the Spirit of God, having had your mind renewed and having your mind renewed with the Word of God, man, you're walking in the light. You're not walking in the dark. You're not walking in shady places where you can get tripped up, where you can get confused, where you can be taken advantage of and tricked. 
right? The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 130, it says, The entrance of thy word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. Simple. Just be simple. God's word will give you understanding. In other words, you don't have to be highly educated in this brilliant mind and all these things. You just can be a simpleton. But God's word will give you light. And you won't be fooled. You won't be tricked. You won't be tripping around in life. You won't be tripping. Can you say amen? By the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness by which they lie, they lie in wait to, dece- to deceive. Thank God we can go up from the, grow up from the babyhood stage to the childhood stage, but we don't want to stay there either. We want to go on from being babies to children to being sons. See, sons in the Bible speaks of maturity. Maturity. We're to grow up and become sons of God and walk in the footsteps of our elder brother, Jesus. So you say, brother Jesus? Yeah, brother Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them, that's us, brethren. See, he's the firstborn of many brethren. He's the firstborn of many brethren, see? So when he rose from the dead, he was born anew. Because remember, he became our sin. He became our sin and he died our death. But then he was resurrected and born anew. And he was the firstborn among many brethren. Now you and I, by believing in him, are also raised from the dead. We now are to grow up and become sons of God. And what's the sign of a son of God or a mature Christian? They are led By the Spirit of God. Notice what Jesus said over in John's Gospel, chapter 16. And in verse 13, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He will guide you. You must turn to somebody and say, he's talking to you. And me. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Isn't that awesome how God wants to tell you things? He wants to tell you things. He wants to tell you about things to come. Concerning your life. In other words, what you're to do next so that you can remain in the perfect will of God for your life. You can go from the perfect will of God into the perfect will of God. He wants to show you things to come. A lot of times when we think about being led by the Spirit of God, you know, we think about some of the big things, you know. We think about who to marry. Got to be led by the Spirit of God and who you marry. Got to be led by the Spirit of God where, where you work. You know, we don't, we, you know, Lord, I want to I have the right job. You know, help me. Is this the job I'm supposed to have? Is this the business I'm supposed to start? You know. And, and, and is this the church I'm supposed to go to? That's an easy one for all of us. We know that. <laughs> is this the church I'm supposed to go to? Is, is this really, is this really the, the perfect church for me? 
And so we think about being led by the Spirit of God like, you know, he led me out to Oklahoma to go to, to, go to Bible school. That's a pretty big deal. Pretty, pretty big leading right there, you know. Leave everything you're familiar with and go out there to Bible school. And so, you know, when we think about being led by the Spirit of God, a lot of times we think about, we think about the, big, the big picture, you know. We think about the headline things that we're supposed, that he wants us to do in life. The headlines. Everything I just mentioned is ahead. Where to work and who to marry and where to go to church and where to go to school and all these kind of things. Should I do this? Should I do that? A lot of times it's just the headlines. We come and ask God about some of these big things, some of these, these major things in our life. But God doesn't want to just lead us with the headlines. He wants to do all the fine print underneath the headlines. He wants to lead us in every detail of our life. A lot of times folks get the headlines because, you know, headlines are easy to get a hold of. I mean, you don't have to be looking for them. Like, you know, you're walking into Cracker Barrel and you look out there as you're going in the door, they've got this little box that you can put some money in and get the paper, you know, the newspaper out of. And there's different newspapers in there and, and you look and you see the headlines, you know, big bold print, just kind of jumps out at you, kind of grabs you, you know, just jumps out at you. But I've never did buy the paper. But I've read the headlines. And a lot of times the headlines are easy to get, you know, as we're growing up in God, growing up spiritually, wanting to be led by the Spirit of God. A lot of times, you know, we can, we can get the headlines. We can, get, we can get the big things. You know, they, that, that just kind of grabs our attention. That, that just kind of comes easy. But how many people know actually opening up the paper and reading it takes effort? Doesn't they get effort to read the headlines? Just go through the headlines. Just, just read all the headlines. That's, and just get the general picture. Just get the general plan. Just get the general understanding of where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. But to get the details, now see, now you're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to read. You're going to have to spend some time on that. Well, you see, God wants us to spend time with him so that we become so familiar with him, so aware of him, that we are led by him in all the details of our life. God doesn't want you to just have the headlines, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be, and we go there, and then we write the story. God gives us the headlines, and then we write the story of how we're going to act, what we're going to do, in that place that we know God set us in. I know this is where I'm supposed to be, but I people know it's important to do the right thing in the right place. Right? We gotta be led by the Spirit of God in the details of the overall plan that he's given to us. He doesn't wanna just give us the headlines, he wants to give us the details. He wants to give us the details. You know, the father of our faith, as the Bible refers to him as Abraham, God had given him some headlines. God had spoken to him and called him out of the country that he was in, told him what land to go to. He went out to that land, and God told him, he said, now, you're going to have a son. In fact, you're going to have so many children that uh, you won't be able to number them all. And so I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham because Abraham means father of multitudes, a father of many nations, and that's, that's what I've made you to be, a father of many nations. 
And so, you know, as time went on, Abraham believed, believed God's word. He believed that. And so he went to the place that God told him to go. And, 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 and while he was in that place, you know, he's waiting for the promise of being able to have a son. But time goes by, and he doesn't see things happening. So his wife comes up with an idea about how if, you know, he marries another woman and has a second wife, then through her, they'd be able to have a child. Because God did said he would have a child. God didn't actually mention at that point, he hadn't mentioned Sarah. And so they just kind of assumed and figured that, you know what? Maybe God's expecting us. You're supposed to have a son, but, but maybe it's just, it's not me. It's not Sarah. Maybe this is the way it needs to get done. And so they went with that. Abraham has a child through another woman. And they name him Ishmael. And it was not God's plan. It was not God's plan. And 13 more years goes by. And then God comes and speaks to Abraham. And really kind of rebukes him. When he says to him, I'm the almighty God. I'm El Shaddai. And told him to obey obey him. Because Abraham had gotten over into presumption and started to fill in the blanks on how to bring about the plan of God that he had received only the headlines concerning. He had the headlines, but he he didn't have the fine print. And so him and Sarah just started writing their own story under God's headline. And a lot of folks do that. They're out. You know, they got some of the general will of God and, and now they're out busy writing their own story and they're following their own daily, day-to-day ideas and thoughts of how to bring it all to pass. But that's not how the sons of God live. Those who grow up, mature spiritually, and are led by the Spirit of God, they're led in all the very details, the intricate things of life. So that if God writes the story of your life, God gets the glory concerning your life. If you write the story, you get the glory. In fact, Jesus said, if anyone speaks from himself, he seeks his own glory. If he speaks from himself, he speaks his own words, he's speaking his own opinions, his own thoughts, his own ideas, he's seeking his own glory. But we want God to get the glory. God wants the glory. I said he wants the glory for our life. In order for him to get the glory, he's got to write the story. Hallelujah. So get excited when you get some headlines. And don't just sit there and say, well, bless God, I got the headlines of what God has for me to do and where God has, me to, has, has for me to be. No, 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 no. Get excited that God's going to now start giving you details. He's going to write the story so that he gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. We see that over here in uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4. And in verse 11, it says, If anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. Let him speak... The oracles of God. If anyone ministers, 
Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice that. If anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. That word oracles... In the original language, you look it up, it means the words. The words or utterances. So he's saying, let him speak the very words or utterances of God. Remember, I just finished saying, Jesus said over in John's gospel, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. He seeks his own glory. What, what's coming out of your mouth? God's telling us here, he's saying, he wants to lead you and guide you in the very words that come out of your mouth. He wants to give the utterance. I said, he wants to give the utterance. You know, it's so sad. Uh, People don't realize how much God gives ministers the utterance when they're ministering to him. And, you know, I've had people over the years, you know, I've been pastoring this church now for over 25 years. And, and we've had folks, and, and they just go away and think, well, he said, talking about me, you know, well, he said that because he knows my situation, or he, he's trying to, you know, correct me and deal with me from the pulpit, you know. And a lot of times, as I'm ministering along, I ain't thinking about them any more than I'm thinking about Jack Frost out there, nipping at somebody's nose. I mean, I'm just not thinking about that person. And in fact, it's funny, because we, you know, we video things for television. And um, I used to minister on the floor. I'd, I'd, I'd walk down there, and, and those days might return. We'll see. But, but I'd, I'd minister on the floor, minister to folks. And, and I remember, you know, one time I went back, and I watched a video of a service that I was ministering in, and I was just ministering along, and I started dealing with some, some, some things. And as I'm sitting back now watching, I start thinking, oh, man, so-and-so's in the service. Because I know that's what so-and-so, that's exactly where so-and-so's at, you know. And then I'm watching the video, and I walk right over to so-and-so. I put my hand on his shoulder. He's in the front row. And I leave. It wasn't Joshua. That was before his time. I put my hand on his shoulder. And I leaned over and I said, blah, 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 blah. And I was completely oblivious. Me, personally, was oblivious to the utterance and how it applied to him. And when I was watching it, it was like, (gasps) I can't believe I did that. See, I never would have done that if I was operating out of my mind. Because I would have just thought, well, he knows I'm talking. He's thinking I'm talking to him and, you know, I'm correcting him. So I just wouldn't have gone there. So sometimes, you know, you just kind of, the Lord, you know, he's so good. He just, he makes you kind of dumb. You know, dumb is good sometimes. I'm telling you, man. He just kind of makes you dumb and, you're, and, you're, and, and so you're not even aware of it. Because if you're aware of it, you'd get in his way. You say, I can't say that. I'm not even going to go there right now. They're sitting right there. I'm not gonna, they're going to think I'm talking to them. I'm not going to do it. 
So you gotta, you gotta just kind of try to empty your mind and not think, not think so much about the people and, th- and just focus in on him. And what does he want to say? What do you want to do, Lord? And just kind of, that's where your focus is. You're not sitting here reasoning and thinking. Now, let's see, Charlie's in the service today. Charlie needs to hear this. And Harold needs to hear this. And you know what I'm saying? But it's unfortunate because a lot of folks, they don't even realize that God's talking to them. He's trying to fix something in their life. He's trying to correct some things. He's trying to straighten some things out. And them in their pride think it's a man that's thinking all about them. And I'm not thinking about you. Believe it or not, I'm thinking about him more than you. I know it's a shocker. Because everybody's thinking about you. That's how a lot of folks live their life. Everybody's thinking about me. He looked right at me. He looked right at me. Bless God. A lot of times I'm looking out into space. I'm just telling you. Maybe God's looking at you. Maybe God's looking to say something. Because I'm trusting him to lead and guide this whole thing. Every word that comes out of my mouth. Everything I do. I'm looking to him. For the utterance. For the utterance. For the utterance. And he says, that's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. Look at it again. 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Or the utterances of God. The utterance, in other words, it's God giving the utterances. He's giving the utterance. We look to him to give the utterance. How many of you have ever heard of speaking in tongues? Well, what do you think that is? It's God giving utterance. It's him inspiring us to speak. To speak in a certain way. And, it's, and, it's, and I believe one of the reasons why God has given us speaking in tongues is... To help us to grow up spiritually. In other words, to learn to be led by him. To lean on him. Because here with speaking in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. Somebody says, what are you talking about? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, verse 2. He who speaks, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. But to God. Watch this. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, <laughs> hallelujah, he speaks mysteries. See, this is a spiritual thing. That's why there's so many Christians out there that don't believe in speaking in tongues. Because it's crazy to them. That's crazy. That's, that's got to be of the devil. Oh, I see. So you believe the devil can give utterance. You believe the devil can give utterance. To a child of God. But God can't. Isn't that something? See a lot of folks have more faith in the devil than they do the Lord. They have more faith in what the devil can do than what God can do. Well that's the devil. That's the devil. That's of the devil. Yeah where's that in the Bible? It's speaking in tongues is of the devil. No it says he who speaks in tongues speaks to God. Speaks to God. See we need to train our tongue to yield to the spirit. So that when we're done speaking in tongues, now we're speaking in a known tongue. We're speaking in a language we understand, but it's the Lord giving the utterance. And we've been trained, see? See, speaking in tongues, no man understands it. See, you yourself don't understand what you're saying. See? So it gets you in a place where your mind doesn't get in the way. 
of the utterances. You say, well, I just don't understand it, and you just go. But it trains you to live that way, to be able to speak, to be able to speak by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to speak the very words of God, the utterances of God, without your mind always getting in the way. We want to be able to just talk, and uh, it's God giving the utterance. God giving the utterance. And when God's giving the utterance, that doesn't mean it's always going to be a scripture verse. God will give you utterance, but just like he's giving utterance right now. God will give utterance, and sometimes it's humorous. He'll give you utterance, and it'll, be, it'll sound just totally natural, totally normal, just sound like you, just, just talking and just... But it's the Holy Spirit giving the utterance. So we have to learn to yield to the Spirit of God in the details, in the very words that we speak. So we got it. We got the headlines. We're in the right place. This, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. How do you talk in that place? How do you talk in that place? Well, I'll tell you how I feel about it. I don't know why these services are at this time. I really don't understand the whole thing. And quite honestly, I just don't really appreciate the boss. I don't think he's much of a boss. Tell you the truth about it. Did God lead you to this place? Oh, I know I'm supposed to work here. Don't really want to be here. But I know God led me. I know that God led me to be here, but I don't want to be here. I'll tell you that right now. That sounds like a contradiction. Would God be, would God on the one hand put you in a certain place and then on the other hand out of your mouth begin to condemn that place? And, and, and talk through you that this is not the place for you after he told you this is the place for you? And so people, they get the headlines right, but then they mess up the story. They ruin the whole thing. And when people come along and read the story of that Christian's life, they go, my Lord Jesus, I don't want to be one of those. I don't want to be a Christian. That's one messed up story right there, man. Because they've filled it all in. They're talking what what they want to talk. They're saying what they want to say. They're not saying what the Spirit of God is wanting them to say. They're not following. They're not being led by the Spirit of God in these things. So a great way, you know, uh, to train yourself to speak by utterance of the Holy Spirit is speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. And then be slow to speak stuff. Does, don't just say everything that goes through your mind. Uh, let it go through the filter of God's Word. See, you got to screw one of these filters in right here. Actually, screwed in right here. No, no, screwed somewhere between the head and the mouth. We gotta, gotta, just screw that filter in. You know, thoughts come into your mind. It goes through the filter, and nothing comes out of the mouth. <laughs> See, because we want we want pure words, purified words. We want to speak the very words of God. That's how the New International Version translates that. It says, if anyone speaks, let him speak the very words of God. We want the very words of God. We don't want it mixed. We don't want a mixture, do we? The Bible talks about it over in the book of James, you know. Why don't we go there? See if I can locate it. He talks about 
fresh water and salt water come out of the same opening. Chapter 3, James 3. He says in verse 8, But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Well, bless God, there you have it. You can't do a thing about it. If you're going to curse, you got to curse. Can't control your tongue. That's what he's, no, that's not what he's saying. Thank God we can. With the Holy Spirit. No man, no man on his own can. I said no man on his own can. But someone filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit of God can. Notice again, no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God. Hallelujah. Bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. That's not the way it's supposed to go. That's not the way it's supposed to go. We got fresh water coming out. We got polluted water coming out. We got dirty water coming out, you know. We got all these things, this mixture, this mixture, this mixture, this mixture. And so when we see that, we go, man, I need to grow up. I need to mature in this area. Don't settle for that. Don't get condemned over it when it, when it happens, but, but don't settle for it. But be determined. Say, no, I'm going to grow up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk like the Son of God. I'm going to walk in spiritual maturity. And I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm not going to wander through life. I'm not going to be tossed and driven in life. I'm going to do the perfect will of God for my life. Can you say Amen. He says in verse 11, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring can yield both salt water and fresh. So we just want to be fresh. Have a fresh mouth. Can you say amen? Have a fresh mouth. Proverbs 16 Verse 1 declares, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Isn't that good? God wants to give an answer through your lips. God wants to use your tongue. The Bible says that we're to present our members, the members of our body, as instruments of of righteousness. Another translation says this over in the book of Romans. It says, or as weapons of righteousness. Present your members as weapons of righteousness. Well, the, the tongue is a member of your body. We need to present that to God. We need to yield it to Him. Yield it to Him. And it'll become a weapon. It'll become a weapon of mass destruction against all the works of the devil and cause us to be able to achieve great things in life. Somebody say, I want God in control of my tongue. Amen. Not your taste buds. Try not to go there. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's important. God has our tongue when it comes to what we say. But it's important God has our tongue concerning what we eat. We're not going to be led by our appetite. But it tastes so good. It doesn't matter. Be led. You know, if we were all led by the Spirit of God, our physiques would be fabulous. You understand that? <laughs> we're learning. So they say we're learning. Thank God we're growing the right way. Spiritually. Mark chapter 13. Not too many laughs on that one. Mark chapter 13, verse 11, it says, But when they arrest you, Jesus talking to his disciples, when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. No, it's Jesus is telling his disciples. He's like, now guys, you, you, you just get ready, you know. You're going you're to be brought into some real difficult situations, going to be asked some hard questions. He said, but don't you sit there and try to figure everything out and premeditate on everything you're going to say ahead of time. He said, you trust the Holy Spirit, and he will give you what you need to say when you need to say it. We've got to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. I remember when we first started the church, first year of this church. There was a lady that was coming to our church. And, uh, you know, when, when, when she first came to the church, she was so tormented. She wasn't sleeping at night. She, she was just tormented by religious demons. She just, she just felt so, nothing was good enough. She couldn't pray enough. She couldn't read the word enough. She was driving her husband crazy. And so they came to our church, and I started ministering to her, and she started, you know, she started growing. She started getting it. Peace started coming. She started, she started learning about her righteousness, and she started settling down in God, and, and things started going really good for her, and, and she, was, she was no longer tormented, you know. But then one day she called me, and I'd ministered to her many times on the phone. You know, God give me utterance. I'd be speaking to her on the phone, the, the utterances of God, you know. It'd always be just that word in season, exactly what she needed to hear, you know. And so this time she called, and I didn't know it, but she was, she was in a bad place. She was just in a bad place. And I didn't know it. And uh, so she's, she's talking like she usually does about the stuff that she's dealing with and things and some of, some of these things she's been dealing with. And, and then she said something to me, and I don't remember what it was. And then she stopped talking. She, she asked me a question or just said something, just kind of threw something out there, and I didn't have a thing. I mean, I didn't have a thing. I'm sitting there going. And it was actually more than just not having anything to say. It was like the Holy Spirit pulling on my vocal cords, just saying, shut up. Don't say anything. But that got really uncomfortable fast. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm the pastor. This woman's having problems. She just called me. She needs some help. Here she is. She just lays out these problems to me, and I'm not saying anything. I mean, at least say, well, praise God. I mean, say something. Say, say well, it's going to be all right. You know, say something. Do something. Fill, it in, fill in the, 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 the dead space. I mean, it, it, it was very uncomfortable. 
It wasn't very long. It felt long. And so I'm like, I got to say something. I got nothing. And finally, I just said, well, I'm just in the flesh. I just had to say something to her. I said, well, you know, you know have you ever tried fasting? I do remember saying that. I'll never forget what I said. This sweet, she's always a sweetie, very sweet lady. I mean, just a sweetie, just a sweetie. Always because she exploded with a violent explosion. Starts yelling, screaming, everything. I was like, and while she's going off, I'm like, you dummy, dummy, dummy. <laughs> she was baiting me in. She was being a hypocrite. She was baiting me in. She was mad about something, and she was just trying to, and the Holy Spirit knew it. He's like, she's not sincere. Don't answer her. But I did in the flesh because I was uncomfortable. And I got in trouble for it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I got a, a tongue lashing. How many times have we missed it? Because we were uncomfortable. And we just had to do something. We had to say something. Right? We had to. We, had to. we, just, we just had No, you didn't have to. You got uncomfortable because you became more conscious of you than the Holy Spirit. Oh. We, we don't want to be self, so self-conscious that we're not conscious of him. We want to be just so conscious of him. He's in me. He leads me. He guides me. He thinks through my thoughts. He speaks through my lips. Amen. He speaks through my lips. She said, don't worry about what you'll say. Holy Spirit will give it to you. He'll give you what to say. There were times where Jesus himself, there were people crying out to him, and he answered them not a word. Remember that? Answered them not a word. See, because he didn't have a word to say. He didn't have a word to say, so he didn't say it. Man, I want to get good at this, don't you? I want to be skillful at being led by the Spirit of God. I want to be like the Son of God. I want him to control my tongue. I want him to control what I say. Because like we see over in the book of James, the tongue is like the rudder to a ship. And so depending on how you're talking, that's going to that's that's direct your whole life, just like the rudder to a ship. It's going to direct where you go in life. Well, I want to go into the perfect will of God. Well, where is it going to start? It's going to start with the tongue. It's going to start with the rudder. Give God the rudder. Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, somebody. Right? He needs to get the wheel. He needs to get the wheel of our mouth. He needs to help us in what we say and what we don't say in life. It's not just what we say, but it's also what we don't say. And as we speak his words, then he can direct our steps. He can direct our steps. First Peter again, chapter 2. The Bible tells us in verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. You should follow his steps. Steps. We want to walk like the master. We want to walk in his, his, his footsteps. Not our own footsteps. Not our own footsteps. 
kind of reminds me of that, you know, saying and that little picture of the footprints. You know, the footprints. It shows, it shows the feet in the sand. And, uh, you know, it was a dream a person had and they couldn't understand why, you know, the Lord's footprints weren't there and in the most troublesome times of their life. And, and they said, Lord, why is there only one set of footprints? You know, where were you? And he said, those are my feet, my footprints. It was in those times that I was carrying you. It was in those tough times. That's, that's when I was ca- He wants to carry you all the time. All the time. Not just in the tough times, but all the time. And we need to recognize... We need to be carried. We need to be carried or led by the Spirit of God. We need to be in the flow of God. So it's his footprints. It's his footprints. He's writing the story. If he's writing the story, he's getting all the glory. Amen? That's the perfect will of God for you. Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord directs his steps. So verse 1 of Proverbs 16 said, but the answer of the tongue is of the Lord. Then verse 9 says, the Lord directs his steps. So again, there's all kinds of plans in the heart of man. Or that word heart can also be translated in the Hebrew, inner man or mind. We're talking about the inner man or the mind. A lot of times we have a lot, of, a lot of thoughts, a lot of plans, a lot of ideas that come into our mind. But what do we need to do? We need to submit them to the Lord. Everything needs to be put up against his word. And we need to check with him on, on every step we take in life. We're looking to him to be led by him in everything, in all things. Psalm, verse 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So that can be translated good man or a righteous man. Righteous man. Well, thank God. Through Jesus, we've been made the righteousness of God. Somebody say, I'm the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. See, because that's what the Bible says. We say what the Bible says. We're the righteousness of God. Well, the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Uh, and again, we're looking to him to order our every step. He's not ordering the steps of everybody. See, we're the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus. That's how we're the righteousness of God. Through faith in Jesus. So it's the life of faith. Those who are living the life of faith are those whose steps can be ordered, directed by the Lord. Do you see that? See, he's not directing everybody's step. Why? Because he doesn't want to? No, he can't. They won't let him. They don't believe in him. They don't have faith in him. They don't trust him. They're not looking at him. They're figuring everything out. That's why he says over in the book of James, he says, you know, you who get up and have all these plans and you say, you know, you know, I got these great plans. Uh, we're going to go to this city next year. We're going to buy and sell. We're going to make a profit. We're going to do this. We're going to do this, this. And he says, you know, you boast in your arrogance. He says, what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little while. He said, you, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How can you say next year we're going to do this? 
and just say it on your own authority without checking with the Holy Spirit. Who knows where you're going to be next year and what's going on next year? He said, but you boast in your arrogance. He said, what you ought to say is if the Lord wills, we'll go here and do this or that. If the Lord wills, see, checking with him. Check with him. Checking with him. Always checking with him. Checking with him. Now, I've gone to the Lord and I've asked him about things. I've, you know, I've asked the Lord, you know, you know, what about this, that, the next thing? What should, what should I do here? What should I do? He says, what do you want to do? I said, well, Lord, I want to do what you want to do. He said, well, I want to do what you want to do. And then he gave me scripture. He says, I give you the desires of your heart. So that's what I want. I want to give you the desires of your heart. So what's the desire of your heart? And so then I had to reach down deep inside myself. I thought, well, what's really in there? I had a lot of stuff going on in my mind. I felt like, well, I really shouldn't do this. I can't do this. I'd like to do this. But I had to get down. What do I really want? What do I really want? I got down deep in my heart, found the desire down there. I said, I want to do this. I knew he was in it. See, I knew he was with me to bring that to pass because that was the desire of my heart. But you see, I was led by him. So uh, there, are, there are things in life where, you know, in being led by him, you just get down and find out in your heart, what, what's that desire? What's that thing that you want? And as long as it doesn't disagree with the word of God, and it seems right to you and the Holy Spirit, because he's right there with you, and you got to know him well enough that you know, if it's not right, I'll know that. I'll know that. I'll have a check on the inside. I'll, I'll know that it's not right. And we can get into some things along those lines. Book of Acts or some great illustrations of that. Uh, you know, where, where the Bible says, for example, the Apostle Paul, you know, he was just going. God had called him out into the missions field. And so he was going and starting churches. And, and then he'd go and visit those churches. And he was traveling around. And then he said, okay, well, let's go up to here. Let's go up into this place. I think, I think it was Asia. And, and he said, but we couldn't go because the Spirit restrained us. See, he wasn't just to go in and do it. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't like standing saying, Holy Spirit, what do I do? And he says, I want you to take your left foot. Move about a foot to the left. Good, good, good. Take your right foot now. Swing it around this way. Yes, Holy Spirit. And he's not leading us like that. When we're talking about him ordering our steps. No, he fills our heart with his desires and his purposes for our life. And then as we're going and we're doing those things that we know to do, because there's a lot of things you know to do by the Spirit of God. Everyone here in this place, there's things you know to do by the Spirit of God. Every one of you. So you do those things you know to do. Like the Lord spoke to me one time and I was asking about, you know, what do I do about this, that, and the next thing. He said, do what you know to do and you'll know what you need to know when you need to know it. Do what you know to do, and you'll know, you'll know what you need to do. See, do what you know to do. See, a lot of things you know to do. You just got to do it. And I know, that, I know there's things I should be doing, but about, well, you're in disobedience. And you're not being led by the Spirit of God. That's not good. Let's grow up. Let's do it. That's a big part of how, how we grow up. Do it. Do what you know to do. That's how you grow spiritually. As you grow in obedience to God. Grow in being led by the Spirit of God. Do what you know to do. I know I should, but yeah. Then we got all these excuses. I know I should, I should stop doing that. I know I should. Oh, I should go. I know I should. Be. Do it. Stop being a child. Toss to and fro. Let's go. Let's get in the flow. Obey. Do what you know. Can you say amen? 
Do what you do. What you know, do. So you do what you know to do, and then you'll know what you need to know. You'll get more light as you go, as you flow with God. He'll give you more light. So here, the Apostle Paul, he's just going, and he's doing what he knows to do. And then all of a sudden, but he's listening. He's following. All these, he gets a check. He recognizes that. He goes, ooh. Uh, we can't go there. Man, I really wanted to go there. Can't do it. Holy Spirit. So they try to go somewhere else. Oh, that doesn't feel right either. That don't feel good either. Thank God we got the Holy Spirit on the inside. And we can know. We can know. We have that sense of knowing what's right, what's wrong. Sometimes it's just a sense. Sometimes it's just a strong knowing. It's a conviction. You get a conviction about something. We don't just violate our convictions. You violate your convictions. You dull your heart. You dull your sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of people do do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to dull yourself to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You want to keep yourself, keep yourself very sensitive to him. So he was forbidden to do that. And finally, he just couldn't go any of those directions he had. He, so he didn't know. Now he did not know where to go. So he just got to praying, and while he was praying, he had a vision, and he saw a man from a certain place waving his hand, saying, come over here and help us. Saw a man in a vision. Macedonia, I think, is where he was. Come over here and help us. And so when they saw that, he said, so we we concluded that that was where the Lord wanted us to go. See, then then he had a vision of where to go. But you don't live by visions. You're always looking for a vision. But if you need one, thank God he'll give you that. You know, even when you mess up, if you follow him, he will turn it around for your good. God knows how to even make our messes into masterpieces. Did you know that? I've just messed up. I'm not very good at being led by him. Well, turn it over to him. Turn all your mess-ups over to him. Say, Lord, I've messed up. I, I, I blew it over. He'll let him turn it into a masterpiece. Let him just turn the whole thing around. So what the devil meant for evil just backfires on him. And it turns for your good and God's glory. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's much more we can say about these things, but I think we've hit it for today. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord. Thank God for being led by the Spirit of God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.